Exodus 14, and I want to read verses 1 through 14 to begin with. That's Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Yahweh's Word says, Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea. You must camp in front of Baal-Zephon, facing it by the sea. Pharaoh will say to or of the Israelites, They are wandering around the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled... Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people and said, What have we done? We have released Israel from serving us. So he got his chariot ready and took his troops with him. He took 600 of the best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt with the officers in each one. Yahweh hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen and his army, chased after them and caught up with them as they camped by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth in front of Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians coming after them. Then the Israelites were terrified and cried out to Yahweh for help. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see Yahweh's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Yahweh will fight for you. You must be quiet. Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. So often in life, we forget that Yahweh is in control. We do a lot of worrying. We get anxious about a lot of things. We work ourselves into a frenzy over this and that, both big things and small things, and problem hits. And the first thing that we start to do is we think about how that we are going to fix it, or we worry about how that we can't fix it. Exodus chapter 14 is the chapter about how the Israelites came up to the Red Sea, or the Sea of Reeds, some Bibles say. And the Egyptian army pursued them because Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh changed his mind about letting the Israelites go back in Exodus chapter 12. That's the great Passover chapter. And the Israelites' minds here in Exodus 14, in the natural, they were about to die. 600 chariots, Pharaoh and his henchmen. We've got no possible chance of staying alive. We wish we were back in Egypt, they said. It would be better to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Exodus 14 comes right after Exodus 7 through 13. 
And these preceding chapters in the book of Exodus cover the plagues that Yahweh sent upon the land of Egypt, many of which could not be copied by the sorcerers of Egypt. They were able, through, I believe, demonic spirits, to copy some of the plagues that Yahweh had sent, but not all of them. And some of the plagues only happened on heathen Egyptian land and not in Goshen, Egypt, where the Israelites lived. For example, Exodus 9 records the hail plague, hail mixed with fire, and it shows that the hail plague did not come down on the land of Goshen, Egypt, where the Israelites dwelt. So can you imagine knowing that hail mixed with fire, killing livestock is coming down on Egypt, but at your house, as a person of Israel, no hail and everything is fine. My point is that these plagues that Yahweh sent on Egypt were some of the most powerful workings of Yahweh that anybody then and now could ever see. Swarms of gnats that the Egyptian magicians said, this is the finger of the Almighty. I'll never forget one of the last times I visited my grandfather in South Georgia. He was at a nursing home. My dad's dad. And I remember he wanted to go outside and sit and chat. And the gnats were bad. Anybody know anything about South Georgia? The gnats are a lot worse down there than they are here. I can't imagine swarms of gnats constantly up in my nostrils, going all in my ear holes. Swarms of gnats were sent. And the Egyptians says, we can't do this. This is the finger of the Almighty, they told Pharaoh. The death of all the Egyptian livestock, that was one of the plagues. Festering boils on people and on animals is another plague. Three days of darkness so thick that you could feel it. And such darkness that the Egyptians did not even move, the scripture says. But Goshen land stayed lit up. There was still light where the Israelites dwelt. And then finally there was the plague where the firstborn sons in Egypt died. All those that did not have the lamb's blood on their doorpost and on their lintel. Yahweh killed. The Israelites experienced all of this. They watched all of it happen. And I've heard people say before, well, if I could just see a miracle, Brother Matthew, if I could see a miracle, I'd have faith. If I could watch the plagues of Egypt happen, I'd have faith. If I could see the Red Sea open up, I'd have faith. I'd never doubt, never give up, wouldn't have any problems. And I don't think that that is always true. I think that most people would not have any more faith if they could see a miracle such as this, then they have now. Even if somebody was raised from the dead and told them the truth, they would not believe. It's one thing that the Messiah said. The Israelites of old were humans just like us. They saw these things happen. Most of them doubted. There were always a few who were strong in faith. It was always just a few. It was always just a remnant. And maybe that would be some of us today. But for the most part, human nature can see and experience the miraculous. You can watch Yahweh move out of normality and do something miraculous, something that is a miracle. But when hard times come back, we begin to complain and we begin to doubt the power of Yahweh. So the Israelites that started complaining to Moses here in Exodus 14 are the same ones that had just experienced Exodus 7 through 13. 
they experienced the mighty hand and the outstretched arm of Yahweh, bringing them out of Egypt. And yet here in Exodus 14, they begin to complain and murmur. You know, coming out of Egypt is one thing, but getting Egypt out of us is something else. Amen? A lot of us want to come out of Egypt, but we don't want to get Egypt out of us. Egypt is described in the book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy as the house of bondage. Yahweh brought you out of Egypt, comma, out of the house of bondage. And it's because the Israelites experienced very harsh slavery while they were in the land of Egypt. They were not free to worship Yahweh. They were not free to live a righteous lifestyle. They were under bondage to the Egyptians having to do what the Egyptians and their taskmasters told them to do. And they were there for a long time, hundreds of years. The longer that you're subject to one way of living, the more that that way seems normal to you, even if it isn't. You start adapting to bad ways the longer you're involved in something bad. Your mind starts thinking, well, this is just how it's going to be, so I guess I better accept it and make the best of it or make the most of it. When they were freed from the land of Egypt, Egypt stayed inside of them for a while, even though they were removed from the geographical location. Thus, they complained right after all the miracles that they had seen. In Exodus 14, 13 through 14, we read again where Moses says to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see Yahweh's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And this is the part I want to center in on right here. Yahweh will fight for you. You must be quiet. Yahweh will fight this battle, Israel. But you have to stop complaining. Shut up. Be quiet. Trust. Have faith. Quit worrying. Do not doubt. We can be on a mountaintop and we can experience smooth sailing and we can have even divine interventions happen to us on sometimes a daily or at least a weekly basis. But then all of a sudden in life, we hit a pothole and it gives us a flat tire or the tire falls off the car. And what do we do? We forget about everything that just happened and we start to murmur and complain. Oh Lord, why has this got to happen to me? One bad thing can happen in life and people forget about all the good things that have happened in life. I remember one time years ago, the water pipes on my water heater broke and I had to spend a good part of the day getting that fixed and squared away. And it got me frustrated and anxious and grumpy. As Tisha says, I get grumpy. She says, your bear's coming out, Matthew. And I need to feed him. <laughs> He's coming out. I let myself get so upset that something bad happened, even though it was small. And I forgot, I forgot, catch this, about all those years that the water pipes on that water heater didn't break. Year after year after year after year, that heater just stood there and those pipes were fine. And one day they break and I got all bent out of shape, wanted to curse the water heater out because a pipe broke. 
Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. Just because something bad happens in your life does not mean it is the end of the world. It doesn't mean that. Just because you have a fuss with your spouse or with one of your children or with somebody at work, just because you get sick, just because you have financial problems or you cannot pay a bill, just because your car breaks down or something happens to your water heater, when something happens that you did not want to happen, it is not the end of the world. Amen. It's not. Yahweh is there for you and He is there to help you, but you must be quiet. You must be quiet. When we experience problems in life, the first thing that we should do is take a second to compose ourselves. Breathe in and breathe out if you need to. Count to ten if you need to. And pray. And ask Yahweh to help you out. And to work it out in His way and in His timing. Because, as the old television show said, Father knows best. (laughs) Yahweh the Father knows what's best for us in His way and in His timing. Nothing is too big for Him. He's Yahweh. He flung the stars into the universe. He calls them all by name. He is Yahweh. It's just that we, like Israel of old, start to worry and complain when things don't go how we want them to go. When things don't go our way, we begin to complain and we begin to murmur. And the Word says, Yahweh will fight for you. Yahweh will take care of you. But you need to be quiet. You need to hush. And catch this. Most of what does not go our way, if we really think about it, we really ponder about it, and I did this today, most of it is not that big of a deal to start with. I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have humongous deals come up. Sometimes we do. But most of it is not that big of a deal. We are so used to blessings that we have become immune to them. We expect hot water. We expect running water. We expect the toilet to flush. We expect the lights to come on. We expect a good meal on our plate at the end of the day. We expect our coffee or our hot tea or whatever it is you like to drink every day. We take all of these blessings, blessings, however small or big, for granted. We become immune to them and we expect them, even though they're great, powerful, merciful blessings that Yahweh has given us. If you are sitting here today, if you're under the sound of my voice today, you're sitting here in this community, in this congregation, you are a blessed person. You are around people right now that love the Heavenly Father and that love you. You're in a community of people. If something tragic was to happen in your life, we would all step in and do whatever we could to help. And I know that that's true because I've watched it happen before. You're sitting in padded seats in an air-conditioned building. We've got bottled water in the back. Complimentary if you'd like to have some bottled water. We've got so many things going for us that when something doesn't go our way, we should probably say, this is what we probably should say when something goes wrong. Well, it's about time something bad happened. It's okay because I have it so good in life that something bad needs to happen just to keep me humble. Come on. I've been to two funerals in the last two weeks and I remember one of the preachers, he said, he quoted 
one of the uh, this particular lady that died, and he said, "If it wasn't for the valleys, we wouldn't appreciate the peaks." And we've all heard that. There's got to be valleys. There's got to be mountaintops. There's got to be tough times. There's got to be smooth times. There's got to be bad times. There's got to be good times. There has to be something to compare it to to make us thankful. If everything was smooth sailing, we would get extremely prideful. Apostle Paul said there was a thorn in his flesh. Whatever you think that was, I have one brother tell me this week, what if it was just a thorn in his flesh? (laughs) That would hurt. Anybody got a splinter you can't get out? But the, Paul said that the thorn in his flesh was put there by Yahweh. He was a messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest he be exalted above measure for the abundance of revelations that he received. In other words, he was a wise man. He was a smart man. And Yahweh put something in his life to humble him. So when something bad happens, we should stop and say, well, it's about time. I knew it was probably going to happen. I've got it so good. My life is so blessed. My life is so wonderful. It's about time something bad happened so that I can stay humble. So that I can remain humble. We should never murmur. We should never murmur. I'm talking to Brother Matthew because I do some murmuring myself. But we should never murmur. We should never complain. We should take all of our problems to Yahweh in prayer. And ask Yahweh to fight for us. Ask Him to fight our battles. Have faith that He is to fix it. And we are not. We're not. We can't fix it. Stop trying to fix something that Yahweh will fix for you. Stop trying to figure out what you are going to do and begin to trust and have faith in Yahweh that He already knows what to do and He also knows how to do it properly. Anything He does, He doesn't just do, He does it right. So often we will not be quiet long enough to trust Him and lay the burden at His feet to take care of. We're way too loud. This world is way too loud. We need to learn to be quiet. Shut our mouths. Yahweh will fight for you, but you must be quiet. Yahweh loves you. Yahweh cares for you. Cast your cares upon Him. Cast your worries upon Him. He is the Creator. He created you. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. He shaped you in your mother's womb. The Bible says that when we were formless, He knew us in our mother's womb. It's in the Psalms. Yahweh knows how to fix everything. Yahweh will fight your battles, brother, sister. Yahweh will fight your battles. But you must be quiet. must be quiet. We talk too much. We're too loud. Everybody wants to tell you his way or her way and not listen to Yahweh. Some people can talk and talk and talk and talk and never say anything. Some of the most profound things that I've ever heard in my life have come from quiet people in just a matter of seconds. One-liners, one sentence, calmly and quietly. My granddaddy told me when I was little, he said, Grandson, learn all you can and can all you learn. I remember the first time he told me that. I said, What does that mean? And I figured it out. My youth pastor one time told me, it's easy to live hard for the Lord, but it's hard to live easy for Him. My dad told me, still tells me, he said, Son, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Somebody says, Dad, why are you taking so long on that project? He'll say, anything worth doing is worth doing right. And my dad-in-law once told me, he said, we don't decide what sin is. That's Yahweh's job. (laughs) 
We just decide whether to sin or not. An old man on the job told me this one time. He said, anything wrong is easy to do. Anything right takes time and effort. These are the things I remember. One-liners, simple things, quiet things. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 11, listen to this, this is in the Bible, that we should, quote, seek to live a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your own hands. Paul also wrote in Philippians 2.15 that we should do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of the Almighty who are faultless in a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. We won't shine like stars if we act like heathens. We've got to be different. It's easy to grumble and complain. We've got to suck it up, be quiet, trust that Yahweh will fight our battle for us. It is best to live a quiet, simple life and to trust in Yahweh's provision. To not get all bent out of shape when something doesn't go your way. When a problem happens, stop what you're doing. Take a deep breath. Say a little prayer. Yahweh, I know you got this under control. Help me be quiet because I want to talk so much. I want to complain. Help me be quiet, Father. And thank Him for all the blessings that you just forgot about when that bad thing happened. Stand still. Let Yahweh fight your battles. When someone talks bad about you, and it's untrue, and you know it's untrue, and it rubs you the wrong way, it doesn't really matter. Yahweh knows. Yahweh knows. Yahweh sees. The Bible teaches to return an act of love and kindness to people who treat you wrong. The Bible says if somebody persecutes you, you're to pray for them. If your enemy's hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him water. This is what Scripture teaches. Don't repay evil for evil. Pray for somebody that hurts you. Be quiet. Let Yahweh fight your battle. Something bad hits financially, don't let it upset your whole life. Don't take it out on your spouse or your children. Just keep working with your hands. Mind your business. Keep doing what you know to do. And be quiet. Yahweh will fight your battle for you. Psalm 34 says, The righteous cry out and Yahweh hears and delivers them from all their troubles. It goes on to say that many are the afflictions or hardships of the righteous, but Yahweh delivers them out of them all. I've had some bad days in my life, Brother Jerry. I've had some bad days. I've had some problems. I'm not saying that life is easy. Please don't misunderstand that. I don't think anybody would get that. But I'm not saying life is easy. Life is full of tough things. Life's full of ups and downs, smiles and frowns, (laughs) sweet things and bitter things. It's full of it. But if we'll just compose ourselves and take our problems to the Heavenly Father, He'll work everything out. I promise you, it's going to be okay. It'll all be okay. Yahweh will fight for you. But you must be quiet. I want to encourage you to read the rest of chapter 14 when you go home tonight because it shows how that a miracle happened. After they complained and Moses said, Yahweh will fight for you, but you got to be quiet. Moses stretched his staff out and the Red Sea parted. And the Scripture says 
the sea was like a, a wall on their right, on their left, and on their right. And they walked through on dry ground. It's a miracle. Me and Brother William were talking about miracles before the service started. It's when Yahweh steps out of normality and He makes something supernatural happen. Walking through on dry ground and basically an ocean up against you as, as walls. And then they got through to the other side and Moses stretched his staff out and the waters covered and drowned the Egyptians. And at the end it said they feared Yahweh. And they believed in Yahweh and they believed in His servant Moses. And then in Exodus 15, Miriam grabs a tambourine she starts dancing with the women and she sings a song. Yahweh will fight for you, but you must be quiet. Amen. Amen. Yahweh bless you today with His Word.